Wherever you are on your leadership voyage, it starts here. Hey, welcome to another episode of Leadership Voyage, the podcast dedicated to your pursuit of becoming a great leader. My name is Jason Wick. After five episodes of interviewing guests on different topics, I thought I'd give a solo episode a try. And so I thought for this topic, for the sixth episode of season one, I would talk about one-on-ones. I've had about 2,000 one-on-ones over the last five years. And for any manager out there with several direct reports and several communication lines across an organization, I'm sure you can identify with having many one-on-ones. Not only managers, but employees. Employees also need to think about the one-on-ones because the customer in the one-on-one relationship, the one-on-one meeting, is the employee. I've had an opportunity to reflect on the one-on-one quite a bit uh, over the last several years. In 2019, I spoke at a couple of conferences about one-on-ones, wrote an article on Medium about it, and I thought it was time to check back in on this topic seeing that a lot has changed in the last three years. So this episode is called The Five Failures of the One-on-One. So first off, let's talk about what the one-on-one is. Sometimes it's called a touch base. Sometimes it might be called a sync up. But essentially, it's a one-on-one space where you have some dedicated time uh, for open-ended and directed anticipated conversation, usually between a manager and an employee. Oftentimes we've heard the saying, people leave managers, not jobs. Well, uh, it's a little old now, but in 2014, there was um, a study done by Hogan Assessments that 75% of people do say that their immediate supervisor is the most stressful part of their jobs. And if you look at a boss who in this same study is in the top 10% of boss quality, according to their rubric, If there's someone there who is in the top 10% um, of bosses, they can add a 10% increase in productivity. Let's pretend that you have a nine-person team. You you might be able to essentially add the equivalent of a 10th person by having a great boss for all of the folks on that team. I think what's really, really important to understand is the employee-manager relationship is really important. And a one-on-one is kind of the foundation, I think, of the relationship between the employee and the manager. So let's dive into the five failures of the one-on-one. The first failure, well, I'll just read the five off for you here, and then we're going to go into each one. The five failures of the one-on-one are cancel them because you're too busy, don't prepare, use them as status updates, hold back on feedback, and focus only on the present. So those are the five failures of the one-on-ones, in my opinion. Uh, and let's dive into each of those right now. So the first failure of the one-on-one is to cancel them because you're too busy as the manager. Now, this might sound almost rudimentary, but do you know how many people I hear saying that their bosses cancel their one-on-ones with some regularity? The one-on-one is for employees. So let's keep that in mind. Using that as the the foundation, wouldn't you think that the person who would cancel the one-on-one would be the employee and not the manager? We know, though, as managers, or if you have a manager, their schedules are quite full. Maybe they're working or have meetings over lunch. 
so many uh, roadblocks to a manager's schedule. There's no doubt about it. One-on-one is a meeting for each of the manager's employees. So you might have to get creative to turn this failure into a success. Rather than canceling the one-on-one, please reschedule the one-on-one. Find another time slot in the week where it will fit, or if you do them every two weeks, a slot in that, in that time frame. You could do it over lunch. You could delegate attendance to a different meeting if you're the manager in order to hold your one-on-one. Restructure your schedule. Make a smaller duration for the one-on-one or reduce the frequency of the one-on-one on a temporary basis. These are all alternatives to canceling the one-on-one. Because when you cancel your employees one-on-one, when you're the manager, you're sending the signal that you're not important enough for my time. I have so many important things going on that you as my employee do not make the cut for, for that. So that's the first failure, is to cancel your one-on-ones because you're too busy. Let's talk about the second failure of the one-on-ones. And this is to, uh, to not prepare. I'm going to go ahead and make the assumption that for all the managers out there, that you do care about your employees, right? Um, and there, you know, there's a definitely a strong school of thought out there that one-on-ones should be pretty open-ended. I've seen many different frameworks for how to handle the meeting, but even the frameworks themselves account for having open-ended conversation because you never know what someone might want to bring up uh, in the moment. Back to being busy. Yes, as a manager in particular, you are probably busy or your manager is probably very busy. But if you don't prepare, you're sending the signal to your employees that you have not thought about them until you hopped into that meeting. So similarly, make time for the one-on-one, but also take time for the one-on-one. Instead of, uh, instead of the failure, what we do instead as a one-on-one, we'll prepare for it. Again, sounds kind of uh, like a no-brainer, but I guarantee you as a manager or an employee, you can do this in probably two to three minutes. Before the one-on-one, go through your notes from the last time. See what it is that you haven't followed up on or what you were supposed to follow up on or remind yourself what you have followed up on. Take some time to look at that last discussion and maybe put it into the big picture of what's going on in the business or in the employee's life, right? And in between the two one-on-ones, pay attention to what's going on. What are the observable behaviors that you can, you can note and roll all those observations into the preparation process? You can do this with just a few minutes beforehand. It's amazing how much that few minutes before the one-on-one to prepare for it can actually pay off during the discussion itself. So lots of ways to do this. You can write by hand when you're, um, when you're uh, looking at your notes. You can keep things in a Google Doc on the computer. Whatever it looks like, it doesn't really matter. But write down notes during the one-on-one. Review them before the next one. Put some time into your schedule to think about, provide yourself some space in between the two meetings. The third failure of one-on-ones is to use them as a status update. So as a manager, yep, you're busy. You want to know how that project is going. And maybe the most efficient way to get that information is, in fact, from your employee during their one-on-one. And I'm going to raise my hand right here and say, 
holy cow, I have done this many, many times. I have definitely uh, failed on this one many, many times, especially when I'm working with my team who has several different projects going on at one time. But really using the one-on-one as a status update It's a misuse of the purpose of the meeting. Remember, this is a meeting for the employee primarily. So rather than using it as an opportunity to get caught up on an employee's work, provide the opportunity for the employee to set that agenda or to set the tone or the topics that are going to be discussed because it's really, really easy to fall into this trap as a manager. So uh, let's see. What I will say is, in addition, there you know there are some uh, some tweaks here. Meaning, there are nuances of language where I think, as a manager, if you're really trying to get the information that you you want, you can probably still do that and ask the question in a different way. So rather than, hey Joe, what's the status of your project? You know, a nuanced way to ask would be, Joe, how are you feeling about your work the last week? So you're focusing on the person, and their answer will reflect, hopefully, the question, but they'll also talk about the details, most likely, of of what's going on. So you'd incidentally get the status update, but, but frame that question in a way that focuses on the employee and how that employee is doing, because that's the whole point of the one on one. But what about the status updates? Well, you've got all kinds of other opportunities. You could have a status meeting, although I'm not a big fan of that because that feels like something that's just for a manager. However, you could definitely have email updates for people to do their status. You could use a Slack channel just for status. You could have it in spreadsheet, all kinds of things like that, or ongoing OKRs or KPIs, whatever it is that you're doing. There are a lot of methods that I think you could handle status synchronously or asynchronously but you don't have to commandeer the one-on-one in order to get the information that you need as a manager. What's the fourth failure of the one-on-one? Holding back on feedback. I admit, feedback is difficult. You know, providing feedback is difficult. I think if you, if you want to practice providing feedback to your employees, maybe start with positive feedback. For most people, it's a little easier to provide positive feedback, and it can start to build that muscle a little bit. But at the end of the day, it might be uncomfortable to criticize, or maybe for some people, uncomfortable to compliment. But if you're holding back on feedback, then you're not giving your employee the opportunity to probably maximize on their potential, and um, you're getting in the way of their performance and growth. Because as their manager, it's more than likely your responsibility to provide both positive and constructive feedback to your employees as part of some type of process anyway. So you might as well practice that regularly. So you know what you can do to make this a little easier is when you first meet with your employee or when you, um, you know, maybe you you just tell your employee in the next one-on-one, hey, I've been thinking about uh, how I conduct the one-on-ones. And you can tell them that feedback is going to be a regular part of this process and explaining why it's important for development and growth. And as your manager, as the manager, it's important for you to do that as part of your role. So, you know, many of us have struggled with providing feedback uh, at some point along the line, without a doubt, I'm sure of that. But in Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead, she talked about um, just telling the truth. In other words, what are you seeing? And just 
speak about that. That is essentially feedback or feed forward. In other words, I thought about this before our discussion today, and I think if you do this in the future, you'll be successful. So feedback and feed forward. The fifth failure of the one-on-one is to focus only on the present. And this is kind of related to the last one, especially right now in 2022 in a COVID and post-COVID world, a remote uh, a remote heavy, especially in knowledge workers uh, in our domain. We have got a lot of discussion going on about how we do our work, how long do people stay with companies, what keeps people engaged, what keeps them excited and connected, all these kinds of things. If you focus only on the present as the manager in a one-on-one or as the employee for that matter, matter, it's not going to work out very well over the long term. Maybe we'll get away with it for a little bit. This is a place I struggle personally as well, is sometimes I have a hard time looking beyond just the short term in the discussions with others, uh, other employees. So re-interviewing uh, our employees, asking them the types of interview questions that you would have asked someone when they were applying for the job, such as, you know, gosh, where do you see yourself in a few years? And I think it's, it's almost more important than ever that employees understand how their work connects to the purpose of an organization and their purpose. And in some cases, if where we're going as a company or where we're going as a group doesn't align or intersect with where an employee sees themselves, that is really important information to ascertain as soon as possible if we could move that employee to a different project or a different part of the organization, or if it's just the right time for them to look for another position. We'd rather have that discussion as soon as possible. We'd rather know that reality as soon as we can, because there's just no point in putting off the inevitable, just like feedback. Don't hold back on it. Have discussions about the future with your employees. So, Kind of on the high level, what are some of the takeaways on these five failures of the one-on-one? Make time for the one-on-ones. Make sure you're holding them. Reflect on them after the fact and take time to prepare for the next one. Treat your employee as the customer in this arrangement. Do everything you can to separate the one-on-one meeting from a status update. And while you're in those discussions, provide feedback to the employee and show them that you care about their path and their growth. And you can't go wrong. So what would I encourage you to do at this point? Hopefully there's a lot of information in here that either is new for you, is packaged a little bit differently, or you've already known and it's just like, yeah, I knew that and it's time I start doing that. Just pick one of these things and work on it for a month. And your one-on-ones will, will see the result of that, and their employees will see the reward from investment in the one-on-one meeting. So thanks for listening to the five failures of the one-on-one. I look forward to the next episode of Leadership Voyage. 